Hello, this is Chris from We Hate Bards. I'd just like to thank you for listening to our podcast. And if you like what you hear, we have plenty of more podcast material on iTunes, or you can check our website at wehatebardspodcast.com. If you like what you hear, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you want to join any of our games, you can look us up on Meetup at We Hate Bards. Membership is always free, and we have games going pretty much all week. If you want to support us and throw a little coin our way, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash wehatebards. Backers will receive early release podcasts and custom content, including homebrew games, custom modules, and more. So thanks again for listening. And now, on to the podcast. You're listening to another fine We Hate Bards podcast. And tonight... It's going to be some more one-person role-playing, because uh, there's nobody else here but me. So we're going to continue on with uh, one-person uh, role-playing without anybody else. Uh, play a little something I found online called The Lurking Fear, which is a... Uh, let me get... So it's A Lurking Fear by Jackie Luang. Luang? Eh, nobody's here to correct me. Let's go, let's go Lung. Lung. Eh, eh, not sure how to pronounce that last name. So it's a horror solo adventure role-playing simulation in the world of H.P. Lovecraft. So I think it's very much uh, like a choose-your-adventure, but like H.P. Lovecraft. I mean, even use a percentile dice set. So it's got to go in that same vein. So, yeah, 2018, uh, created by Death by Mage Productions. So you can find this little guy on uh, RPG, drivethroughrpg.com. So... To play this choose your own adventure, yeah, you'll need to center percentile dice or two ten side dice. One in the tens place, one represents single digits. Hear that? Got him. So, uh, you can choose to play this adventure with the four pregenic characters provided. It is recommended that you print and cut out your character details to keep alongside you play. Additionally, print out the appendix clues at the end of this document. Now, one thing, uh, this is one of my pet peeves about uh, uh, documents, especially like drive through RPG documents sometimes. Nothing to say, but like, uh, it looks very nice. It has like this very, uh, you know, oldy timey background. Looks like kind of you know old paper. Uh, the issue is, if I try to print this out at home, I will burn out my entire ink cartridge because basically the entire pages are printed. So I can never print this stuff out at home. I have to go to Kinkos to print stuff out like this. So it, it usually turns to be super expensive. So actually, I just have it on my computer here. And I'm just going to go through it like that. So I'm not going to print anything out. So I'll just write all this stuff down on paper. So we're not going to create our own character for this one, I decided. So I thought about making like a failed parapsychologist con man, but I said, well, let's let's go with what we got kind of in here. So our four characters are Lola Jenkins. She's a socialite, born to a prestigious family from South Baltimore, Maryland. Lola's always had an act for adventure. Her social grace allowed her to circulate among different societies. She found herself among curious para paranormalists and thrill seekers as she delved into the occult. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Pass. Uh, so William Bartley... His next one is a journalist, 43 years old. Uh, he's totally got, like, the Max Hedrum-style, like, background to him on his photo. Uh, he spent several years overseas as a communications officer during the war. As strong was resourceful, Bartley pursued uh, his passion of journalism after the fighting stopped. Winner of several awards, he is a thorough investigator. Maybe. Dr. Elizabeth Weatherby. Ooh, academic 50. Oh, doctor. Even back then, yeah. So Dr. Lizzie Weatherby was born in Yorkshire, New York, but spent the last 15 years as a tenured professor at Yale for anthropology. Okay, so she's a smart cookie. In her youth, she traveled to Africa and the Latin Americas, becoming fluent in multiple languages. A humanitarian scholar and explorer at heart, age has not weathered her sensibilities. Ooh, she's a Deflin contender. 
Uh, let's see what we got here. Joseph Carter, Detective 38. I do love me some detectives in, uh, in Call of Cthulhu. So Joseph Carter was a star athlete of his youth football team and decided to try his hand at private detective as a private detective after demobilization. His blunt demeanor and sometimes uh, his blunt demeanor sometimes becomes a source of uh, discourse with other with others. But he means well. A few drinks later, and Carter can be quite jovial. Definitely a looker among the ladies. Oh, Joseph Carter! I really like the detective. So we're gonna be Joseph Carter here. So Joseph Carter, he's a detective, and his age is thirty-eight years old. All right. So his like health is six. His 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 basically sanity. Four, uh, and then he has uh, what are the skills? Because they actually don't like show the skills. They just have like these little uh, little like icons. So uh, charisma, athleticism, wits. So so charisma, athleticism, wits. Okay. So his charisma is a forty-five. His athleticism sixty-five, and his wits is a forty. So he's like the kind of guy I expect to be a private detective. So. Let's go to starting out with uh, the arrival. So one. So got our got our character, got our dice, ready to go. You've arrived at the village several miles from the Catskills, unseemingly quaint and remote compared to the reported devastation to the hamlet several miles from the foot of the infamous Tempest Mountain. The villagers were a simple rural lot who only recently become glamoured by modernization as reporters, investigators, thrill seekers, and surveyors. Uh, you and many others were glutted into a hotel in the Lefferts Corner. Uh, many were reporters or, or other investigators. A mixture of uh, curiosities and in, a, a mixture of curiosity and intrigue led you to the hamlet. Nearly a month ago, the mountain roared and bellowed, uh, bellowed ruin onto another village not far from your location. Of the populace of seventy-five citizens, none were spared from the storm's fury or wreckage. Further reports indicated something of a bestial origin, but unlike anything biological or zoological resources could answer whispers and fears from the natives direct you the natives from the natives direct you to the deserted uh martens mansion that slumbers atop the ominous dreary mountain continue reading ascension of the tempest so you drove your motor car to the derelict mansion past dozens of miles of primordial forest as night fell the scenery grew more sinister you cautiously turned on the headlights, uh, only to aggravate the tension. I wish I had some type of like, you know, like like a clicking of headlights and storm going and like, you know, the old timey radio stuff. That'd be kind of good. Uh, but I'm a one man show here and I don't uh, have that type of equipment. So use, use your imagination of the mind. So unlike the residence area, you were not so accustomed to the uh, perverted landscape. A morbidity hung in the, in the scenery, for there was no wild creatures. None. The fauna was twisted and warped from the lightning-scarred trees to the naturally thick vegetation. The hills and mounds resemble swollen serpents and skulls. Past the hummocks, you, you tremble with an electric torch as spectral gray walls begin to bleed through the great oaks ahead. Continue on. The Martens Mansion. You reach the summit, greeted by a hundred-year-old antique grove-circled stone house that was subject of countless monstrous stories. Before you left, the squatters from the village told tales of, of a daemon which seized lone wanderers at night. Its unfortunate victims were either dismembered or trails of crimson led back to the ancient household of the Dutch settlers. 
Some believe the thunder from the mountain was its voice. Amidst the tall tales, all agreed that the mansion was sin sincerely haunted. Oh, go back. So, you enlisted two companions. Oh, oh, hold on. Alright, I got two companions. I'm gonna write this stuff down. So, we got some companions. Some meat bags. I mean, best friends. So, there's two companions. So, we got George Bennett. Okay. And William Toby. William Toby. Alright. Stout woman adventures. To accompany your expedition to the mansion. As exploration of the abandoned household revealed chambers filled with rubbish once with furniture, you reach a sizable room on the second floor that contained a large window toward the east and a narrow southern window, both deprived of any panels or shutters. Opposite a large window, an enormous Dutch fireplace stood with tiles with minute script, uh, scriptures. Stories say Jan uh, Martens was murdered in this house, George bellowed. Toby grew tense as the thunder grew louder. We should leave before the daemon finds us, Toby protested. A predatory roar from the thunderstorm silenced your hopes of escape from the dreary and ghastly homestead. The three of you dragged a four-poster bed frame from another room to brace the sizable eastern window and secured the structure with a bundle of rope. Your escorts drew their pistols, Bennett nearby the window while Toby became the de facto first watch as he brooded over the fireplace. Sometime after midnight, you felt uneasily drowsy. Bennett exhibited signs of, of the irregular spell. The thunder continued to rage outside. You fought against the impulse to close your eyes, but darkness ultimately took hold. The inscrutable fireplace, the last thing you thing you see. Continue reading. Okay. Alright, well, there's, there's a lot of backstory to come up. Usually they throw you in. It's like, alright, do this, do that, make some choices. But we get a little bit of backstory here. So, the dreams of Nis. The distant thunder arouses your dreams as apocalyptic visions plague you. Shifting shadows mold into unnatural shapes under a distant landscape far away comes to view. A dusty desert valley where time, halt, where, where time halted and where ancient wars raged. The canyon winds sing a lament to the queer stars above, gathering blessings of the desert tulips and... Oh my goodness, what is that word? Ashbelet... Ashbelet... Aspilodes? Aspilodes? I'm, I'm not actually sure what that was. I'll have to look that up. It, it probably some type of something. This is very Lovecraft using large words like this. Uh, the sky becomes crimson as a vile thunderstorm arose and some eldritch shadows stalked the murky clouds. You stand frozen at the incomprehensible spectacle. Uh, the phantasmal vision ends abruptly by a guttural shriek. Roll your sanity test. All right, so... Use your highest attribute, charisma, athleticism, or wits. Roll a d100. If the if d100 is less or equal to attribute, you dismiss the nice mirror visages. Your mind lulls into an eerie serenity. If it's greater than your attribute, the vision fades as your eyes struggle to flutter open uh, against the wave of exhaustion. Uh, it felt real. Too real. Lose one sanity. Reduce attribute by 110. <sighs> mm, let's go athleticism. I got 65 athleticism, so this means I got a good chance of, of, of beating this. So, uh, if it's less, let's see, 12%. So, Joseph is just like, no, no, no. This is balderdash. This isn't real at all. So, kind of, you know, get up, we dismiss his life of vigils. You know, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I've seen some stuff. So, so then we continue reading. So, uh, Shadows in the Chimney. Sought awake by a ghastly cries of mortal fear, uh, as hopeless agony clawed from the gates of oblivion, you spotted the source of the madness. 
a crimson madness overtook by the demonic shape. Uh, you felt the empty space near you and knew that Toby and Bennett were gone. The stray forearm laid on your chest, stripped from its owner, yet retained an eroding warmth. My goodness! In a deafening flash of lightning, the mountain shook, and the darkness shattered as sharply as the splintered ancient trees of the ground. The nightmare's flash of light engraved the unfathomable... Abdomitable, my goodness, they really are laying it in thick here, folks. The nightmare's flash of light engraved the unfathomable, abdomitable shape of the chimney. Or abominable shape of the chimney, not abdominable. Not an abdomen. Uh, Your sanity struggled to apprehend the image, and within an instant, those red eyes were gone. You were left alone in that damned mansion, shriving and stuttering. Lose one's sanity. What? Ugh. All right. Three sanity. All right. The morning after. At first light, you descend to the mortal car, which was miraculously left pristine, similar to yourself. You could not sleep after staring to the void. Fragments of memory flash in your mind as you made the perilous return to the hamlet below Tempest Mountain. You conveyed your story. Uh, well then. You conveyed your story to the local authorities, answered their questions, and were quickly dismissed. You spent the next two days in, hotel, in, in your hotel room. The experience left your body decrepit and your mind manic. By the third day, the local apothecary prescribed uh, prescribed social engagement and stiff drink to cur- <laughs> curtail your edge. Ah, yes, the good old days. Or yes, a stiff drink and, you know, head time to friends. Begrudgingly, you depart your room and make your way to the hotel central lobby where the rustic core is the most pristine within the small village. Or just get some laudanum. You'll be, you'll be fine. Raise rain. So, the men who accompanied you to Marty's mansion, Bennett and Toby, were, were presumed missing. A heavy guilt continually weighed your mind while plagued by the horrid imagery of that night. You have uncovered one of the Earth's greatest mysteries, a nameless horror from an unknown void, the kind from the farthest expanse of reality. The shadow uh, granted you mercy that night, a sting curiosity that would inflate to a gnawing conundrum. You chose not to abandon this quest for the lurking fear. The uncertain and ethereal seemed desirable compared to any enlightenment. Your mind fog dissipates as the morning wanes. You know, you notice several investigators in the hotel parlor. Through an inquiry with the town uh, hall, may furnish records of this dilapidated mansion. Uh, okay, so uh, you, you uh, the, the, through through an inquiry with the town hall, may furnish records of the legendary mansion, or a visit to the local church to remedy your bruised conscience from Bennett's and Toby's appearance. So, so oh, now we get our first choices. All right, so the choices, choices. All right, so we can confide with an investigator in the hotel parlor. We'll go to page nine. You can visit the town hall, page eleven, to learn more about the Marsh's mansion. Do you want to go to the church to ease your conscience? Ooh. I, we seem pretty shook up about Toby and, uh, and, and William. Oh, oh, by the way, yeah. Hold on. Companions, let me write down dead. And, uh, dead slash armless. Okay. So they're gone. So, yeah. So we lost, uh, two companions today. So we're going to go to the church, uh, to talk to somebody about this. Because, man, I'm not having a good time. So, let's see here. Do, 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 do. So, we go to the church. Go to page 13. Okay, so here's the church. Okay. Actually, this by the pages and not by the actual, like, numbers of, like, the the, the entries in here. So, that's a little bit odd. But, but that's a little, little big thing. So, I'm, I'm really liking this so far. So, 
the church. The old church sat near the outskirts of the hamlet. It was only one of uh, it was it was the only one for several miles. Many of the squatters uh, from the squatters' population frequented the institution. The Desmonds lived under the fear and wrath of the mountain. Only faith or death seemed to be their only uh, only faith or death seemed to be their only refuge. The inside of the sacred chapel was devoid of any gilded glory. A simple and humble offering of spiritual solace. Uh, you take a seat in a nearby pew and give a silent prayer of mercy for the missing Benedict and Toby. After several minutes, you notice the pastor standing nearby in quiet contemplation as well. A man well into his uh, uh, into the 60s. He solemnly greets you and asks you what ails you. You recount your experiences of diabolical imagery of the haunted mansion, along with the loss of the two souls. Ooh, I get to roll Christmas chess. So, oh, my Christmas not that good. Uh, so use your charisma. If it's less than your charisma, uh, less or equal to, after your plea, the pastor recounts the origin of the mansion, uh, the former owners, the Martis, and the grim fate that befell one Jan Martis, whom the priest believes haunts the very halls of her sacred home. Uh, okay. So, if it's grave inclusion, uh, it bides his tongue and excuse himself. A short blessing for peace, tranquility, uh, good fortune upon the reduce your charisma to 100. Okay. Alright, so... Time to roll, folks. Time to roll on Charisma. I got a 45. 36? I roll under. So so I get all teary-eyed. I get misty about uh, George and William. You know, I talk about his arm and, and get all stuff. So so he tells us about uh, the Martise family and the grim fate that befell them. So so we'll get back to the, the text. So whom the priest believes haunts the very halls of their sacred home. Uh, the Martens, they say Martise, I mean Martens, there's no, no, no tease in it. Martens were a secluded family, and they become isolated over time. Most notably, the family members is the unique heterochromatic hereditary eye one blue and one brown. Clue family history. Ooh, okay, so now we get to go to the family history section of the clue play. So, clue family history, okay. Okay, alright, so we get a little bit of a clue here. Okay, so the clue is family history. Make sure I got the right one here. Okay, family history. The mansion was built by Garrett Martens, a Dutch merchant from New Amsterdam who disliked the British Empire taking over North American colonies and constructed the estate in the remote woods to take advantage of its solitude. Martens raised his descendants to loathe both the British and the colonial society. The family grew more isolated and secluded as time went on. Uh, forced to intermarry with the various squatters and servants that lived in the area surrounding the estate. Man, this is also really picking up on some of the old-timey, like, racism that, like, Lovecraft had of, like, you know, basically anybody that's not, like, white and European and, like, you know, from the cities is trash. So, so at least they're getting it on the nose there uh, from this inflation position. Uh, so, notably, aside from the family's unpleasant disposition, they possessed a hereditary eye trader from one blue and one brown iris. Uh, many of these offspring uh, would spread out across the valley to become the current men of the mountains. But the main family remained in the mansion and became extremely clan-like. Jan uh, Martens would change the very fate of the family upon his uh, enlistment to the colonial army during the Civil War. After a revelation of foul play of his death, the family became shunned by the, vi uh, the village of squatters. In time, the family would fade away from the sight and memory, with only occasional light from the mansion to indicate their presence. But that too disappeared. Uh, when the curious, uh, when the curious surveyed the mansion, the Martise family was nowhere to be found. Okay, so they up and split, or you know, died in the mansion because nobody uh, checked up on them. 
Okay. So, we'll get the family history. So, after your therapeutic session, a renewed determination casts a light on the dark uncertainty that once played you. Yeah! We got the goods. Alright, so, uh, perhaps you may confide your experiences with some of the other reporters and investigators back in Hotel Parlor, or visit them, uh, Martin's Mansion, page 15 in daylight. Um, they provide some meaningful results. You know what? We need some more meat. I mean, more friends. So, we're going to go to the Hotel Parlor at, uh, page 9. Okay, so, the Hotel Parlor. So, you make friendly acquaintances with the Parlor's dozens. Most of whom uh, were reporters. Uh, sociable and well-natured, you recount the details you trek to the dismal summit of Tempest Mountain and the harrowing encounter with the lurking fear. Your interactions garner sympathy and interest by a dark, lean man in his mid-thirties. Okay. Dark, lean man in his mid-thirties. Probably a bad dude. Let's not, uh, let's not get into him. So, introduce yourself as Arthur Monroe. Alright, let's write that down. So... Arthur Monroe, bad dude. Uh, Monroe, after further discussion, uh, uh, proves to be a worthy colleague and confidant. Okay, maybe I was trying to judge a book by its cover and I was a little nasty, but so we'll see. I still have a bad thing he's going to betray me. Monroe proposes uh, a postponement of any future expedition to the uh, Martise Mansion until further data can be surveyed. You happily agree with the assessment and prepare yourself to trek out to the surrounding countryside for any geographical or historical records, though unsure of, uh, of the particulars of your search of what you may find. Hmm. So where's the countryside? So take a nap. Get up the next day. Uh, you The next day, you uh, comb the neighboring countryside along the varying slopes for any information or details about the terrible mansion. You converse with many of the local squatters. I can't get over just call the people like in this like town just like like filthy beggars squatters terrible. Following the trail of tragedies and regional legends, will left your analysis uh, your analysis of the gathered evidence all the more apparent. Ooh, roll plus wits. Okay, I'm hot tonight, folks. Usually I am not hot and I fail at everything, so this is you know pretty good. So, so I'll roll plus wits. So I'll get a clue, and if not, I reduce the wits. So let's see. I, my wits is forty. <laughs> So, so yeah, yeah, I get 73 out of 40. So, uh, if results is greater than wits, it was, uh, further deliberation uh, between yourselves and Moreau was necessary. Uh, the array of data suggests a dire portrayal of events. Return to the left, the Lefert's corner to decide your next course of action. Reduce wits by 1d10. Blech. By 8! Alright, so I got 32 wits now. Okay. So, so... Return to Leffitt's Corner and visit the town hall, or explore the Martens Mansion again in daylight. Uh, well, we need definitely if you know anything about Call of Cthulhu, if you ever played a Call of Cthulhu game or uh, done any Call of Cthulhu stuff, uh, you know uh, the first thing you want to do uh, when you figure out something is you go to the library. So we're gonna go to the town hall. And at page 11, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, to kind of, you know, get some information about what's going on. So, you journey to the leftist corner town hall, a building almost as large as a hotel, but far smaller than any familiar municipal structure. Uh, the provincial interior breathed a stagnant air, timeless and untamed for decades or more. Though inquisitive inspection, you followed the obscure layout to a plain wooden door marked with a golden plaque that reads, Mayor's Office. A few short knocks, 
knock, knock, knock. Uh, and a voice beyond instructs you to enter. The mirror was a the mirror was a stout man in his mid forties with a nest of hair still on top. He sat with a slight slouch behind an antique desk to elude his blunt annoyance. If your uh, if your presence, <laughs> I don't think that's correctly phrased. May I help you? He demanded. Your quest for any information or records in the Forsaken Mansion, to which uh, uh, the Burgomaster eyed with a cautious glare for a moment. An air of reluctance hanged in his demeanor. Oh, I got feel. Oh, the charisma test. Okay, roll charisma. So, ooh, I can get I can get some clues here. Okay, all right. So I got a charisma forty. Yes, my fire tonight, folks. It's got a sixteen. So, uh, so it's less than my charisma forty five. Uh, your candor that uh, your candor that any information may demystify the nature of the horrors of the plague, uh, the region, and aid to prevent future tragedies. He retrieves a worn notebook and hands it to you. You inspect the relic and brush the dust off the cover to reveal the gold lettering. It reads, Martens Clue Ancestral Diary. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go with the Ancestral Diary. All right. Family History Ancestral Diary. Okay. So a tattered, rugged, leather-bound tomb with crumpled pages, heavily weathered, and many pages seem to fall off the binding. But the content surmisingly remains legible. Inside, you find accounts written by the late Jan Martens with details about the family estate that rested near the summit of the Tempest Mountain, their Dutch legacy, and the eventual isolation from the world. The journal contains details of Jan Martens's account fighting in the Civil War, the horrors of the conflict, and the countless tragedies he survived. Further entries detail his return to the ancestral homeland, but he was instead treated as an outsider. Frustrated, the veteran Martens sought to leave the mansion and the family, uh, citing a friend from his military service that would assist him. The final entries contain paranoia, concerns along with notes on arguments and disagreements afterwards there were no more entries hmm hmm okay okay interesting okay so we can town hall okay okay so you leave the building upon your next steps perhaps you may find some information for your colleagues back in the hotel parlor uh, otherwise you may stop over at the church to reflect on the conscience before during this to explore the Martins Mansion again. Uh, so we've been to the parlor and the church. Uh, we checked it out. So we're going to go back to the mansion. Page 15. Enough of this nonsense. I'm going to load up my revolver. Go to town. Actually, I don't have any weapons or any items or anything. So, uh, and also, as you know, in Call of Cthulhu, any type of games, you know, uh, your guns will not save you. So, even with the flashlight, the ebbing shadows continue to taunt you uh, and Monroe. Uh Oh yeah, my guy, Arthur Monroe, he's with me. Oh, that's cool. Alright. Uh while confined to the make uh no, no 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 hold on. No 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 that's not right. That's not right. There we go. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so that was uh, a little bit off there. Uh, a little bit of foreshadowing there. <laughs> so Martin's Mansion Ground Martin's Mansion Grounds. The return drive to the eerie and surreal mansion placed a heavy weight on your chest. You confided with one of your uh, reporters, a man named Arthur Moreau, and the both of you ascend to the summit. With the aid of daylight, the grounds and the twisted trees permeate with a relentless malice. But you press forward. The squatters warned that the mountain was was fickle was a fickle demon, and that the storms arise without mercy or warning. You experience with the lightning and thunder uh, colluded to the same. Uh, hold on. So you, your experience with the oh your experience with the lightning and thunder clue to the same conclusion yeah so it's starting to rain uh and the storms are coming 
So use your athleticism. Okay. 65 athleticism. Athleticism. <laughs> 91, folks. That's more, that's more like the Chris I know. 91%. Okay. So I failed. Your ambition and determination proceed, uh, precedes a full recovery from the previous trek as exhaustion takes over. Lose one health? Ugh. Broke the pencil. Lose one health and reduce the lettuceism by a d10. 10! So 55 now. Okay. Continue reading. So, several hours passed, yet no trace no trace creature settlement divulged, a solution to the greater mystery afoot. The both of you eventually widened your search to the devastated hamlet that brought many to, to Lefort's uh, corner, and every inch combed and searched for any revelation of lurking fear. The sky began to darken. You and Monroe felt the futility of the fates as you deliberate amongst yourselves. Uh, Studden storms. Shelter. The thunderstorm caught you Moreau by surprise. Compelled to find ample shelter from the malevolent bolts, two logical choices arise. Moreau argues that one of the cottages with this, uh, within this blasted settlement could provide safety from the uh, demonic storm. Equally, your compatriot reminds you of the option to seek haven within the death-stricken mansion if the option provides unfavorable. The sky bellows and roared. Lightning flashes again overhead, and the turbulent winds batted the both of you. Uh, roll plus athleticism or wits. Less than what's wrong with the hundred. If you okay, okay, use your athleticism or wits. So I'm gonna use athleticism. Um. So we. Okay. So, so if so if we if we if we succeed, we can go to the looks like we can go to the shack. But if we fail, then we gotta go to the mansion. I don't want to go to the mansion because that's where my friends got. Well. No, they're okay. They're fine. They're okay. You know, I do the mental gymnastics. You know, they're fine. Uh, if I wouldn't have lost that D10, I lose again. All right, so we got to go. Uh, so it's greater than so 61. The Hamlet's devastation has become apparent, and reluctantly you confide to go to the mansion itself for safety. Go to page 20. Ugh, I don't want to go to page 20. Wait, hold on a second. That wasn't correct. Uh, hold on. So, if it's less than, you find the decrepit shack, but I believe integrity should weather the storm. Uh, the hammer's uh, So, if we greater than, which we did, the hammer's devastation has become apparent, and you reluctantly, and reluctantly you confide to the mansion itself for safety. Go to page 20. But when I go to page 20... Uh, it says it is the shelter shack. I wonder if they got that backwards. What is 18? Shelter in the mansion. Okay. So, yes, that is incorrect in here. It looks like they flipped them. So, so you attempt to find shelter from the fury of the Tempest Mountains. Provides, uh, your attempts to find, to find shelter from the fury of the Tempest Mountain proved fruitless and, and become forced to retreat to the godless mansion. A surge of howling winds, flashes of devilish lightning, and algid rain assailed both of you, you and Moreau. The effort left you too exhausted and numb from the cold. Moreau suggests searching for a haven to weather the storm outside, but the perilous encounter within the mansion still haunts your memory. The smell of decay and the flash of lightning sparked the unnatural sight of the shadowy fear again. 
you resist the urge to regurgitate your last meal f- from the ghastly recollection. Romero steps ahead and finds one of the larger galleries within the abandoned estate with adequate space to furnish fortifications. You both break the furniture to brace the doors and tower over the large window on two of the walls. Over the fireplace mantle, you notice another portrait of the fabled Jan Martens, as his ominous heterochromatic eyes trace behind at every corner of the room. You and Moreau suspect your choice of refuge is made both like a caged prey for for a stalking darkness ready to pounce. Lose one health and one sanity. Oh boy. I got uh I got uh two sanity now. I am not doing well. Alright, so festering shadows. Even with your flashlights, the ebbing shadows continue to taunt you and Monroe whilst confined to the makeshift barricade within the gallery. The sound of the raging storm felt as if, it, if the heavens forsook the earth like a page from Revelations. The Martens mansion shook under the thunder's roar, and a diabolical flash of lightning glimpsed an eerie shadow at the corner of your vision. Bef- uh, before you could uh, confirm the gruesome visage, the glass in the window shatters from the storm's might. Roll plus athleticism. Oh my goodness, so I'm about to get like, sh- I'm, about, I'm about to get all shredded up. <laughs> it's more like it, 90%. Uh... If greater than lettuceism, shards of glass scrape your arms and legs. Reduce, uh, nothing vital was injured. Lose one health. Reduce the lettuceism by one ten. Uh oh. Okay, and lose less than ten. Only by one. So fifty four for this lettuceism now. <sighs> Could have been worse. Another bolt flares upon the dark sky, uh, and the visage is no longer there. You and Monroe remained on the remainder of the night before exhaustion came and you fell into a deep slumber. <laughs> uh oh. Rut row. Continue reading. Okay, so I think this somehow got mixed up here. So continue reading, because we don't go to Shelter in the Shack, which is the next page. Uh, we go to Terror, Terror of the Storm. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. So the next morning, you and Monroe were greeted by a dreary, overcast sky. You narrowly avoided the storm from last night, but its specter remained. You assessed the merits of the expedition and any information uncovered from your investigation of the Martins mansion. While you ponder on your thoughts, Monroe expresses curiosity about the weather condition outside and began to disassemble, disassemble the barricades. After a few moments, you notice an air of silence and turn to see Monroe still standing over the window ledge. You call him, but he often no reply. After another attempt, you reach out over Monroe's shoulder and turn him to find a grisly sight. He was dead. What remained of his burrowed and mauled head? There was no longer a face. Oh no! Oh no! He oh no! Another one, dead slash no face. And lose one sanity. All right, so I got one sanity left. That's not good. All right, continue reading. Moreau's death has shaken your resolve. When you return to Hamlet, uh, yeah, I got one sanity left. I've left his corner again. The lurking fear has claimed another victim. Your hands remain blood-soaked after you work the nerve to clean yourself. You stayed reclusive during the small service held in the nearby church and villain about the choices you made. Uh, you consider your losses and try to move on from them. A chance to return back to the city uh, with what sanity and fortitude remain uh, seem comforting. Go to page 23. Would you allow those deaths to be in vain and not return to uncover the truth of the tragedies? Go to page 24. Uh, we're, we're, we're in too deep now. Well, I mean, my, I'm, we got to find out what happened. They, they can't go down like this. So, uh, so yeah, we got to, we, we, we got, we, we got to go on. I'm, you know, you know, going nuts. So, so we, so we got to, we got to do this. So, so we're we're gonna uncover the tragedy. So we're gonna go to page twenty four. 
here. 24. So, Avenge the Fallen. Very nice. Vengeance and uh, uh, vivification burned in your heart. The death of those men were would not plague by your uh the death of those men would not plague your quest uh did not dissolve your determination you asked for a pistol yes yes you asked for a pistol from one of the townsfolk though reluctant to uh to relieve them only self-defense you assured them there was merely precaution a set of equipment from flashlights bandages gloves and rope hung off your shoulder okay so we're going to war uh so you drove via motor car to an area that surrounded the mansion and the mountains where you hope to find the possible keeper elusive truth then continue to evade your efforts. You exit and see two large stone pillars with a previous but mangled iron gate. The years of erosion and rust was prompted uh, by neglect. Uh, the Martis seclusion, you learned, uh, compelled by the family to forsaken responsibilities to anyone, which includes themselves. An array of tombstones and statues littered the unkept mounds. Tall blades of grass obstructed your progress. Tell me about your progress. But eventually, you found the item of your query. Uh, you hope your long-awaited answers and curiosities may discover their revolution here. I got a bad feeling about this. Oh, oh, oh hold on. Okay, so keep reading. <laughs> Martens's grave. You hover over a stone tombstone marked Jan Martens. And you hope to quell the rest of the spirit that plagued the mountains and the people of the villages. The earth was old and untouched for decades. And you begin to exhume the grave. Yes, roll athleticism. We're going to dig him up. We're going to try him. Shoot him. Damn it. 59. So uh, the progress goes slow before long. You reach the coffin. I lose one health. Okay, so I'm at two health now. And athleticism by seven. <sighs> 47. Alright. You pry the wooden coffin lid with all your strength. Okay. Uh, it doesn't seem to really be going anywhere. Oh, okay. So, uh, use lyticism. Uh, okay. So, so basically, we're going, we're, we're, we're in deep. So I basically gotta pull this coffin off by just, you know. <laughs> oh, and I do. 7%. Fueled by the blood rage of my dead friends, uh, I go hog wild. Uh, and you manage to pry the nail coffin lid to find the desecrated skeleton remains. Unfortunately, the cult does not reveal anything to you, but the efforts reveal the half-sunken aperture. Your curiosity compels you to to crawl the uh, carrion earth. Uh, go to page... It doesn't say. Okay. So... Okay, so, uh, oh, that's interesting. So, so we managed to pry the coffin, corpse, if it's less than, uh, and I did, you know, I did have, I did get the Ancestral Diary. So, because it says here that if I roll athleticism, you know, finding, but if I had the Ancestral Diary, which I did get from the mayor, I get something else. So, the crushed skull of Jan Martins confirms the diary entries and the folly of the worldly deceased. A cruel and gruesome fate for the, uh, young war veteran that ultimately led, uh, the Martis a clan to be rebuked by the local squad of villagers. The isolation forced them to inbreed amongst themselves. They were never seen again. Your efforts to exhume the coffin, you notice an opening that ran adjacent to the mound that is believed to be tunnels. Your curiosity compels you to explore and discover the hidden paths. And if your hidden hand, uh, as if the hidden hand of the deceased Martise wished for close all. So, uh, lose one point of sanity. Uh... <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, ee, uh, hmm. One sanity, eh? 
Yeah, so I only had one sanity left, so that equals zero sanity. So Joseph Carter uh, goes nuts. So he loses his mind, uh, probably staggers back to town, gets locked up in the sane asylum, which he probably will never recover. So, uh, yeah, according to the rules, if you ever lose your sanity or all your health, you either die or go permanently insane. So we will never find out what's underneath uh, in the tunnels of the lurking fear. And I'm curious by this uh, thing that I like to, you know, if I, if I fail, I quit, you know, if I, you know, die... You know, I like that's it. I'll have to try sometime again. So, yeah, that was the lurking. That was the, that was the lurking fear. Um, a couple of typos, some some kind of uh, mixed up things, but overall, you know, uh, you know, it it, it tailors, you know, a pay as you want on DriveThroughRPGPress.com, uh, you know, or like a suggested donation of four ninety nine. So uh, I'm not sure it's worth uh, four ninety nine. But, uh, you know, I'm probably worth a couple of bucks. This is kind of fun. And I definitely would think that um, it really hits home on, like, if you ever read any of, like, Lovecraft's work, just, like, it really hits home on, like, the cadence and, like, how he wrote. And it's like, it's like you're, you are in your own kind of Lovecraft story, you know, which I, which I think is it's kind of fun, you know. So it is good for, like, you know, a little one-time thing. I can't imagine, you know, it's, it's not that long, so it's, you know... 40 something pages so eventually you're going to come to the end of this so oh and if that's you're hearing the meows meows in the background that's my cats uh wanting to be fed for the night which you will be fed when i'm good and ready to feed you all right so that so ends the, the lurking fear and so ends joseph carter who went nuts but he didn't die by just barely but he totally went crazy so, and uh, you can add him to the, 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 the growing list of the people the lurking fear has claimed, including George Bennett, William Toby, and Arthur Monroe, who no longer has a face. So, and with all that, you've been listening to another fine We Hate Bars podcast.